And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? Jesse Merrick here. As you guys all know, Eddie Pascal is on paternity leave, so I'm filling in along with Q Myers trying to keep this show on the rails for you guys. Obviously, you are listening to Upon Further Review, brought to you by Chorus Light. No doubt we got a lot going on today, obviously, talking schedule release. That is the big news Really of the week. I mean, it is May. Not always a ton going on, but that's definitely not the case this time as, again, we've got the schedule and a ton of transactions coming your way. So with that, guys, let's dive right into it and get this thing going. Again, starting with the transactions brought to you by Shift for Payments. Obviously, a lot going on here. The Raiders announcing that they have signed a handful of their draft picks, and we'll start with the top pick, number seven overall, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, the edge rusher coming to a deal with the Raiders. So you got to love that, getting that all sorted out. On top of that, they also signed a handful of their other guys, Trey Tucker, the third-round pick, the wide receiver there. Also, Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback out of Purdue, the guy they got in the fourth round, Chris Smith, the second, their fifth-round pick, linebacker Amari Bernie out of Florida, their sixth-round pick, and also their seventh-round pick, D-tackle Nesta Jade Silvera. So uh, good to get them going, get them all in the building, getting them to work here uh, for rookie minicamp. So you got to love all of that, that things are kind of really shaping up now for the Raiders uh, as they kind of start to get that whole deal set with them. On top of that, guys, those aren't the only ones we've got going down there. Uh, We've also got some transactions for you as the Raiders signed 10 undrafted free agents officially releasing their list. Also, one of the players is from the International Player Pathway Program, so pretty cool on that one. We've got David Agoha, a D lineman, who again, he's the guy that's taken part in that uh, NFL International Player Pathway Program. Pretty uh, pretty cool stuff here. He took part in the NFL uh, Africa camp in Ghana that was hosted by former NFL defensive lineman O.C. Uminyora and Uprise Academy. He's actually a native of Bendy in Abia State in Nigeria. So kind of cool. Obviously, we'll see how that works out with him. But always fun watching and kind of listening to see who really pops off of these uh, undrafted free agent lists. Um, you know, uh, I'm just going to kind of rattle through him, maybe give you some quick, hit, quick hits on some of the guys that they did sign here. Curtis McClendon, he's a guard out of Chattanooga. Jaden Grant, another guy they signed, a safety out of Oregon State. Azizi Hearn, cornerback out of UCLA. Brock Martin, defensive end from Oklahoma State. Jordan Perryman, a cornerback from Washington. Adam Plant, local kid, defensive end out of UNLV. John Schenker, the tight end out of Auburn. George Terrius, uh, defensive end from Boise State. Drake Thomas, the uh, NC State linebacker. And Dalton Wagner, a tackle from Arkansas, round out the 10 undrafted free agents that are coming here. Uh, obviously, you, you like to see them you know, bringing in some help along the offensive line here. Obviously, that's not something that they went too heavy on in the draft. 
So you go and get a guy in Curtis McClendon, who a lot of people are uh, high on. He played five years at Chattanooga, playing in 49 career games with 38 starts, started 30 games at right guard, had seven contests at left tackle, one game at left guard, named a three-time first-team all-SOCON selection. So, I mean, just kind of reading through that, not to say that I'm an expert on any of these guys. I'm kind of reading this, uh, you know, and, and looking at this list for the first time along with you guys. But a guy in Curtis who's obviously experienced, and brings that versatility that this staff really likes. That's kind of been the buzzword for McDaniels and Ziegler since they've taken over. So getting that uh, in a guy in Curtis McClendon who can come in, you know, compete. Again, he's been there. He's played, uh, you know, a lot of games uh, and, and had 38 starts in college. That's not easy to find, especially not in an undrafted free agent. So you got to love that as well. Um, going back into the secondary with a couple guys in Jaden Grant, Azizi Hearn, adding some more depth into there. We'll see who hits. We've obviously seen them hit on a couple undrafted free agents in the secondary uh, last year. So we'll see if maybe one of those guys pops. Going back to the defensive line, you know, adding some more help on that front. You got to love the fact that they're hitting the local tie in with Adam Plant. You know, he's another kid uh, that's just a long dude, you know. Um, so much of the over the years we see the Patriots, you know, and I, I hate to make this, you know, comparison every time I come on the show, but. They go for the length, the height, weight, speed type of guys. Plant's one of those dudes. He does have some good length, uh, was very productive at UNLV, so you love to see him come in here. He played three years at UNLV after transferring from TCU, appeared in 28 games and totaled 139 tackles, 27.5 tackle for losses, 15 sacks, and had four forced fumbles. In 2022, he played in 11 games and set a career high in tackles, tackle for a loss, sacks, and forced fumbles. So, again, another guy you know that comes in uh, with a lot of experience and was very productive. Uh, again, not always easy to find you know when you're trying to fill out your roster with these undrafted free agents. So, every year, one of these guys does end up popping um, you know, we'll see who it is on this front uh, from this group. But definitely, you know, nice to see them kind of continue to add to it. Uh, some guys with some good size, good speed. Uh, you know, as you look at Curtis McLennan, as I'm talking about him, he's 6'6", 325 pounds. So obviously he is a big boy. In Dalton Wagner, the tackle out of Arkansas, 6'8", 320. You know, so adding some beef along the uh, offensive line there. So maybe one of those guys, again, can come in and compete. Obviously it's a developmental position but, uh, you know, you, you got to love it. In terms of Wagner, he played five years at Arkansas, played in 53 games with 40 starts, a two-time All-SEC selection. Again, playing a ton in the SEC. That's a high level of football there. So you do have to love the fact that they're going with a guy like that. So with that, guys, that is your look at the transactions for your Las Vegas Raiders. As I said, sharing up a couple of their draft picks. You cannot beat that. And also bringing in the uh, undrafted free agents as well. But uh, good news for them, too, to get Tyree all situated and sorted out. So now he can come in, get to work, start learning from Max and uh, you know Chandler Jones as well and hope that uh, he can really kind of get his footing here now with the silver and black. Because, again, he's one of those guys, you know, real raw talent. But, man, the ceiling is high for that guy. So you love to see him in the building uh, and get that kind of situated and put it behind him. Again, guys, those are your transactions brought to you by Shift for Payments. With that, guys, as I noted, the big news of the day, really the week, this time of year, the schedule release. It becomes, you know, the biggest news. It's so cool to see them all come out. So cool to see what each team does, you know, for their schedule releases in the videos. Obviously, the Raiders playing a little game of telephone. It was pretty good. Jimmy G, you know, with the eat more grapes, uh, you know, Max Crosby, you know, I need to lift more weights. What? You know, it, it was it was good. I, I like what they did with that one and also involving a lot of the people here, you know, uh, from uh, the Raiders social team uh, and the Raiders uh, media and broadcast. Uh, channels and whatnot. So that was really cool to see them kind of give that nod to all the people behind the scenes doing the work there. I, I love to see that. 
Um, you know, and the schedule, honestly, guys, you know, what we're going to do today kind of is go through the whole thing. I'm not going to sit here and do the, uh, oh, win, loss, win, loss, you know, week by week type of thing like that. Instead, I'm going to give you kind of my wholesale thoughts on the schedule, the way it works out. And then we'll go week by week kind of analyzing who they're playing, what that team looks like, where it maybe fits into the schedule, the pros and cons, you know, kind of of all of that. Um, you know, and also too talking about my, you know, when I look at the schedule, the thing that stands out the most to me, you know, uh, a lot of different coaches and stuff, they circle chunks, they break the season up into a couple game chunks. Uh, and I think in this one, there's a, a stretch that stands out pretty, uh, pretty easily when you look at it, that's kind of going to define this team. But, you know, looking at it, guys, obviously, they get things going on the road at Denver for week one. So you gotta, you gotta like that getting right out of the gates here and diving into some uh, divisional play. But uh, looking through it too, I always laugh about this every year. You know, as the schedules are released, they're like, oh, X team has the toughest schedule or, you know, this strength of schedule is so tough, blah, 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 all this stuff. And like, obviously, the Raiders are usually going to be pretty high in those rankings because, you know, they have a team in the Chiefs that have been pretty good over the years. So they're, uh, you know, their schedule, their record is going to be pretty inflated. But uh, according to a couple of outlets out there, I've seen them ranked as high as sixth toughest. I've seen them 10th toughest. You know, it's all based on their opponent's uh, winning percentage more often than not. But having said that, the one that you can't argue with in terms of where it ranks and all these different things, uh, they do, their opponents had a win percentage of 52% last year. So, you know, look, when I look at that and I see like, oh, is this really a top 10 toughest schedule? Like, yes, you know, that win percentage doesn't lie. But having said that, when you look at it on paper, it, not to say this thing's easy, but it just doesn't feel like there's a meat grinder of a, a schedule. You know, in recent years, we've seen the, the Raiders kind of put through it uh, with their schedule, with the travel, with all those things, where the bye week is, all that stuff. I don't really see that, you know, this time around. I think this is a really nice schedule. If you're a Raiders fan, you probably got to be sitting back going, whew, the NFL helped us out for once, you know. Also, too, maybe maybe no surprise that it's a year that they host the Super Bowl. Uh, have a handful of, uh, you know, primetime nationally televised games to kind of showcase Allegiant Stadium and what we have to offer in this beautiful city here in Las Vegas. So uh, first look at it all. I I like the schedule. Not mad about it one bit. They've got nine home games. They're going to be going on the road eight times. Uh, you got to love that if you're a Raiders fan. You know, you have plenty of opportunities to kind of catch them at home um, and also some pretty cool road trips uh, kind of sprinkled in there as well. I'm sure everybody at home was circling which games they're going to go to. Uh, I already got hit up by a ton of fans from opposing teams saying, hey, can you help me with tickets for these ones? The Packers fans are the most, uh, you know, crazy with it all. I got blown up by a bunch of the Packers fans. So obviously they're going to be coming out, you know, plenty of them probably want to get away from uh, Green Bay <laughs> and come to the you know beautiful weather here in Vegas at the time that they're going to be playing them there uh, in week five. Um, and as I noted, guys, they've got five primetime games. They'll be playing twice on Sunday night football, twice on Monday night football, once on Thursday night football. And again, we'll call it a primetime game, that Christmas Day broadcast, because look, I mean, let's be real. They're the only team that's going to be or only game that's going to be on TV at that time. So for all intents and purposes, like that is another primetime game for the Raiders. So getting a lot of burn, you know, on the national scale of things. And you got to like that as this team kind of continues to build and move forward. But as I noted, guys, looking through this, there's really only one tough stretch. And so I think as McDaniels and Zegu kind of look at the schedule, probably circle some things, I think it's going to be that stretch from weeks 8 to 12. Uh, you know, it starts off with that game against the Lions. They're trending up. The NFL obviously trusts them a lot. They're having them kick the season off against the Chiefs, you know. So this is one of those things where uh, Dan Campbell actually came out and said that the NFL is trusting that they're not going to come out and get their butts kicked in week one. I saw that quote today. Um, you know, so they they think, I think, some high praises for, for the uh, – 
for the Lions. And that's something I think that you can tell uh, how the NFL believes teams are going to fare, you know, based off of, you know, how many primetime games they give them. So uh, that's one of those ones where it kicks off against the Lions, a tough teams, and then three of their next four teams that they're playing are playoff teams from a season ago. And then Aaron Rodgers comes to town on Sunday night football. To me, that's going to be the chunk that really defines what this Raiders season looks like. Again, that week's 8 to 12. Um, but as we've seen in these recent years, you know, maybe some of the ones that, you know, don't look as daunting are the ones that, you know, define the season or are those kind of swing games and things like that. So obviously, not to say that the rest of the teams on there are cupcakes. You got to look out for them. But I look at that chunk, you know, being the toughest one for them. Um, you know, and, and I think it's tough to seeing Rodgers and them, you know, in week 10, plenty of time for him, you know, to be able to kind of settle in, figure his teammates out. Obviously, he's comfortable with the scheme with uh, uh, his former offensive coordinator being the guy there in uh, New York. But hey, we'll see what happens with that one. Also, too, the, the nice thing that Raiders fans got to love when they look at this is that there's really only one cold weather game, you know, and they miss out on some teams that they could be going and playing outdoors in the Jets and the Giants you know they get the Vikings at home obviously the Vikings do play in a dome but still get them at home Uh, the Colts are in a dome so you don't have to necessarily worry about going to those places really the coldest one is going to be the Chiefs game on Christmas Day Uh, you know obviously going to be pretty frigid out there in KC but I think that's a win uh, you know that they only have to deal with one you know real freezing cold temperature out in the elements type of game Um, you know we all know Jimmy G can play in the cold weather you know this is a guy that's from the Northeast played in New England all that stuff, but maybe his blood warmed up just a little bit playing in San Fran the last couple of years. You never know. So it's nice not to have to really factor that one into things here. So with that, guys, let's start moving week by week through the schedule. As I said, kind of give you my take on, you know, the matchup, where it falls in the season, all that good stuff as we really start to dive in, you know, and get a good handle on, you know, what this schedule is going to look like for them and maybe how it pans out for the Raiders and, uh, you know, going to be a big deciding factor in where the season goes. So let's get going with week one at Denver. I think this is nice. Again, kick things off right away in the AFC West. Um, You know, you get a little taste of that divisional opponent. Always easy to get up for those guys. And they're going to be taking on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And for Sean Payton, this will be his first game as a head coach back on the sidelines since 2021. Obviously, it's nice to get a new coach right out of the gates. I think, yeah, there's a lot of unknown and everything like that, obviously with the new team and everything. But you get them before they kind of get comfortable with what it is that they're being asked to do. You know, obviously, they've got the whole run through training camp. But I I think it's good to do that. Uh, You know, because look, let's, let's be real. Sean Payton, a good NFL head coach. That was a good get by the Broncos if we're keeping it real. You know, so you can... Get the opportunity here to catch a team, you know, before they're really footed in, you know, and and develop their identity of what they're going to be under Sean Payton. So to me, great opportunity to pick up a divisional win right out of the gate, start things off on the right foot, because we know how competitive this division is, too. You know, and again, let's be honest, every win you can possibly get within the division counts. It almost feels like it counts for double and being able to start off on the right foot there, obviously big uh, so kicking things off with Denver, you got to love that. Then next, you go to Buffalo. You know, look, let's keep it real. We all know what the Bills are. They've got a lot of weapons on offense, and they're led by that bad dude, Josh Allen, a quarterback. This guy obviously has a cannon for an arm. There's no doubt that the Raiders' defense will be tested very, very early on in the season. We're going to get a real good uh, look at, at how good this unit is, how much improved they are. Uh, also a good opportunity for you know guys on the back end to really test themselves. Stephon Diggs. You know, in the receiving core that they have there as well, with Josh Allen again calling the shots, uh, this is a very good Bills team. So I think good to get that early test. You go to Denver, get a bit of the warm-up, not to say that they're a pushover by any means. That's not what I'm saying. 
but you get the quick divisional one out of the way with a team that's kind of figuring themselves out and then dive right into it with one of the top teams in the NFL in Buffalo. And again, you get to do it in week two, so you get to avoid the crazy frigid temps out there in Buffalo. That makes life so much easier. So I like the timing of this one for sure for them. Then you go week three, the home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shameless plug, that's going to be on News 3 on Sunday Night Football. Obviously, we're all stoked for that one. And this one is going to be interesting because, you know, again, and there's a couple of these here uh, throughout the season, but how far has Kenny Pickett really progressed uh, as the signal caller for the Steelers in year two? We'll see how that one goes. Is TJ Watt going to be healthy? We saw last time out, obviously, the Raiders got a bit of a break last time. Not that you root for injuries, but, you know, he was in and out of the lineup in that game and then missed most of the game. So they didn't have to deal with him. And obviously, he is a game breaker. But having said that, the Steelers did still win that game 13 to 10. It was a bit of a rock fight. Uh, let's hope this one's got a little more firepower as, again, it's it's the first time we're opening up Allegiant Stadium in the 2023 season. So, you know, you, you like to see how they come out in this one. But again, also, too, avoiding that, okay, you go to Buffalo, you come back home, then you go all the way back to the East Coast again to Pittsburgh. Like, I think this one nice it sets up nicely uh, for them. Again, we'll see how this uh, Steelers defense looks with the healthy T.J. Watt or not. In that last game last year, the Raiders only managed 201 yards of total offense. Uh, you know, And that was the one uh, a key game, too, in the season because it started their three-game losing streak to end the year. Uh, so this is an opportunity to kind of get back, get a little bit of revenge, um, you know, and again, see where you're at. Those first three games, uh, very winnable games in my mind. You know, obviously the game against Buffalo is going to be the toughest one in that little stretch there. Also a little odd, too, as we move to week four, you see three out of their first four games are going to be on the road. I also believe it's five out of their first eight that are on the road. So a little bit of kind of road warriors to start things off, which which could be a plus uh, for the Raiders. Because, again, you look at the fact that later on in the season you're playing more home games, uh, especially, you know, as as the season goes on. We all know it's a war of attrition. It's easier on your body, you know, if you're staying home. So get those tough road trips out of the way early. Uh, so I kind of like the way that it does, uh, you know, shake out this way uh, in terms of starting on the road uh, a lot during the first half of the year. And also, too, I think it's something to be said with the fact that when you're out on the road with your team, it helps you kind of gel a little bit more. You know, it's just you and the guys. You're out there doing your thing, learning, you know, more about each other because there's still some plenty of new faces on this team. Uh, it's kind of that you against the world type of thing. We've seen it with the Golden Knights. That's where their season really flipped was on the road. You know, they became those road warriors, and that's where they defined who they are. So I can see that kind of being the case uh, uh, for the Raiders as they cap off the first four weeks of the season here going to the Chargers. Obviously, the offensive line will be tested. We know a couple of the guys there along their defensive line, Khalil Mack and uh, Joey Bosa. You know, we'll see how they fare. Um, we'll see what kind of trash Joey talks heading into this matchup now that uh, Jimmy G is a quarterback. I'm curious to see the, the verbal jabs traded back and forth, but always fun when you go against a team like that. And also, too, I mean, not to throw any shade, but we all know, you know, what the fan base looks like in L.A. So this is for all intents and purposes. Yeah, it's a road trip but at the same time you know it could uh, kind of be another Raiders home game out there in LA going against them Justin Herbert obviously the quarterback we know what he can do uh, so you know we'll, we'll see how this game kind of shapes out uh, again where is that Chargers team at obviously made the playoffs last year but do they kind of take that step forward step back who knows? Uh, again, getting those divisional games out of the way early is nice because then you get a good read on them before you end up having to face them again later on. And then another primetime game as we go to week five, the Raiders come back home and they're taking on the Packers. It's kind of that Devontae uh, revenge game, if you will. Uh, no Aaron Rodgers there, obviously. But I think the big narrative for this one is going to be Devontae Adams and Jordan Love. Well, he have found his footing by this time, kind of similar like we talked about with the Steelers, uh, you know, 
what does he look like as the quarterback of this team? Nobody really knows, you know? So uh, this will be interesting. And we get it kind of kind of early on in the season in week five there. Um, this will be a, a big game for him, you know, as he comes out here again, primetime, Monday night football. So I just wonder what their offense is going to look like. A lot of young pieces on that offense for this team, uh, you know. So after the defense has been tested against teams like Buffalo and the Chargers, uh, you get an opportunity now to take on a young quarterback. Maybe by then Tyree Wilson has also found his footing and, and kind of carved out a role for him. Uh, what does he look like as a pass rusher? So uh, this is a game <clears throat> that I think is interesting that can kind of set the Raiders up as a bit of a launching pad uh, moving forward. And then week six against the Patriots, we all remember how wild that ending was last year. I don't know if we maybe have still not recovered from that one. I, don't, I also don't know if we can handle another matchup quite like that again. You know, for, for my sake and for the sake of Raider Nation, you know, we don't want to see the cardiac kids out there, you know, tugging on the heartstrings. Uh, we might have to bust out the defibrillators on everybody if we have another wild finish like that. But that definitely was one of the craziest, not 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 one of, that was the craziest finish I've ever seen in my life. And I know the joke has been made a lot now that Jacoby Myers is playing for the Raiders. You know, he's already helped them win one game, so now he's actually getting paid to do it. Uh, so you, you love to see that. And again, just because of the history of this franchise, regardless of the fact that Ziegler and McDaniels are here, these two teams, anytime they play, it is going to be a big game. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, you know, again, Mac Jones, there are some question marks, you know, with the Patriots and kind of where they're at. So uh, an interesting matchup. Again, like I said, the history there, it's kind of that uh, that rivalry, you know, that you, you love to see with both of these teams. And then you go week seven at Chicago. Again, another one where you're going on the road to a place like Chicago, but at this time of year, it's not going to be that bad. You avoid the craziness of playing outdoors at Soldier Field in the, you know, the, the frozen tundra. Uh, so that, again, I love the way the schedule makers are treating the Raiders uh, in this one. You go against the Bears defense that was dead last in points allowed per game. They allowed 27.2 points per game. So an opportunity possibly for the Raiders offense to cook. You know, you've had six weeks to kind of gel for Jimmy G to relearn this offense. You know, a lot of people say it's almost kind of like learning Mandarin. Well, Jimmy, you know, has already kind of learned that Mandarin, and now it's just a matter of hopping back up on that bike, uh, you know, and getting back on track again for him. So uh, you got to love that when you look at them. But then also a key here, they also gave up the second most rushing yards per game last year, 157.3 yards per game. Uh, To me, that screams Josh Jacobs is ready to eat by then, too, weeks seven the offensive line which has mostly stayed intact you know from last year comes back uh maybe by then those guys so hopefully before then really though uh the offensive line is really gelled you know and they're cooking and and they can kind of get things going the big question for me you know with the bears is how much has justin fields progressed again another one of those things where the raiders are playing a team with not necessarily a question mark at quarterback but wondering what that quarterback is going to look like uh you know in terms of his progression uh, you know, we obviously all know the dual threat that Justin Fields provides. And now they also went and got him a receiver in DJ Moore. He's a legit threat. So, you know, good opportunity for the Raiders DBs to be tested again. Uh, you know, we saw Justin Fields really kind of get cooking a little bit at the last part of the year, more so on the stat sheet, obviously not on the win side of things, because, you know, we do all know they they did have the first overall pick before they went and traded it to Carolina. So, you know, good opportunity here. You know, uh, we'll see where the Raiders are at after the first week of the season there uh, to go, again, to Chicago in a time where it's not going to be too bad to be playing out there. And also, too, on top of that, Champ Kelly, you got to believe he's going to have a nice little scout on this Bears team. He knows a lot of those guys pretty well. So that's a, a solid plus there for the Raiders. And then you move back to Monday Night Football. You go to the Lions, you know, in week eight. 
Another deal where you're avoiding playing outside, you know, again, going into a dome. As I noted earlier, the Lions are a team on the rise. They only won three games in Dan Campbell's first season, and then they won nine games last year. Nearly made the playoffs. I mean, that was a pretty big switch for them, uh, you know, and for them, too, also offensively. Like, I think you look at this and you look at Dan Campbell and the way that he talks and everything – you think, okay, he's going to be this like grind it, run the ball right down your throat type of guy. Uh, but let's like keep it real. The Lions scored a lot of points last year. They were fifth in the league in points per game, averaging 26.6 points per game. So this is a team that's, I don't want to say high flying. They're obviously not the Chiefs and whatnot, but this is a team that can put up some points. Uh, so interesting matchup, tough one for the defense. They went and get uh, Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Uh, they obviously added Hendon Hooker. So again, another question mark at quarterback is Jared Goff still the starter in at Week 8 for the Lions? Has Hendon Hooker stepped in? Or has somebody else stepped in? Who knows? You don't know what that's going to look like. But uh, either way, you know, a favorable matchup, I think, for the Raiders against the team in the Lions who is on the rise. So uh, curious to see what the Lions look like at this point. Have they lived up to the hype that the NFL is kind of building for them? Uh, you know, again, like I noted, a lot of primetime games for them. So that's one that's going to be real interesting, kind of roughly around the uh, almost midpoint here of the season, you know, for the Raiders going on Monday Night Football against the Lions. And then you come back home against the Giants. This is that kind of that Darren Waller revenge game. We obviously know what the uh, Giants have to offer. They've been a really good team under Brian Dayball. Obviously comes back in here, and he, he, now with Darren Waller joining the fold, he's got an elite receiving threat to pair with Saquon Barkley. So offensively, you know, you got to like what uh, what they bring to the table. So uh, another test for the Raiders. Not to say that Daniel Jones is the same uh, sort of signal caller as some of the guys they'll see earlier in the year, you know, in terms of uh, Josh Allen and whatnot, or a Justin Herbert type of guy. But, you know, a guy that now has some uh, big-time weapons for himself uh, to kind of work with. So that's going to be an exciting one to watch. Again, you, you avoid having to go to New York and go and play them. You, you know, you don't have that crazy long road trip after you go to Detroit, come back home. So again, a win uh, for the Raiders having to be able to play them at home. Uh, and it's always fun watching these New York teams, you know, come to town. Their fans are obviously rowdy, uh, you know, and so it's going to be a going to be a fun game to watch there. And then the big one, week 10, you know, I think one of the games that just about everybody's probably got to have circled on their calendar because Aaron Rodgers comes to town. I mean, look, End of story on that one. I don't care what the Jets were the previous seasons. You go and bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, that's going to make you a contender. And I know it's one of those deals where like it has to work out on paper. It's easy to say, well, hey, yeah, they're going to be a great team. But, you know, you got to make everything work. All the pieces have to kind of gel together. But he's got some guys that he's comfortable with, uh, you know, joining him. And also on top of that, the Jets are a team that had a legit defense last year under Robert Sala. So, uh, you know, also, too, on top of that, Week 10 is when this matchup hits. That's the opportunity where, again, Aaron Rodgers has had his chance to really settle in, get his footing. He's going to be comfortable there in this new place, on this new team, in this scheme that, you know, again, is still new to him. I know Nathaniel Hackett is a guy that he's worked with, but he's got the comfortability there. So uh, curious to see how that one goes. But again, another big test uh, with a top quarterback. But as I noted, like there's so many question marks with some of the quarterbacks, you know, leading up to this point. So like, let's just go through it here. We're at week 10. The Raiders are taking on Aaron Rodgers. And in terms of other like premier quarterbacks, you've got uh, Josh Allen and then Justin Herbert will throw into the group there. So really through 10 weeks, you've only played three premier, you know, elite level quarterbacks up to this point. So, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the Raiders, if you're a member of Raider Nation, you have to love that. That's got to be music to your ears. But again, this is right in the middle here of this 
chunk where, you know, it's that season-defining chunk for the Raiders. So this could be kind of that swing game of how this grouping of games really goes for the Raiders as they, uh, you know, continue to to move forward and hopefully build off of what is a good stretch here as they really get tested in that 8-12 uh, through 12, uh, stretch of games there. <clears throat> and then week 11, they go to the Dolphins. Again, doing it late enough in the year where you avoid that, like, insane humidity in Miami. You know, ask the Knicks. <laughs> they, they don't like playing out there in the humidity um, and having to do it outdoors would obviously not be fun. So uh, the Raiders go in there playing the Dolphins a little later in the year where the temps are kind of cooler. Uh, and again, you know, Tua is a guy that's had some success. This offense, you know, obviously put up some crooked numbers last year, uh, you know, and this is a really solid offensive group. You just got to wonder, you know, the health factor with Tua uh, of what this team looks like. But, man, they still got Tyreek. They got Jalen Waddell. You know, this could be, I think you circle this one, one of the biggest tests of the year, you know, offensively uh, or defensively for the Raiders in terms of who they're going to face and who they're going to have to kind of slow down. So uh, that's one of the ones, again, you have to circle on there. And also, too, defensively, their back end, their secondary is really stacked. So the Raiders, uh, you know, receivers, the Raiders pass catchers, really going to be tested. They've got Xavier Howard. They added Jalen Ramsey in the offseason. You know, what does he look like as a member of the Dolphins? Javon Holland at safety. So some some dogs back there in the back end for these Dolphins. You know, uh, going to be an exciting matchup to watch. Again, going out there at the perfect time of year. And then week 12, the first game against the Chiefs. Could the Raiders possibly have some momentum heading into this game if they handle the previous games in this chunk that I think is so key, uh, you know. And then also, too, something that Raider Nation has to love with this, the Chiefs aren't coming into this one off of a bye. How cool is that? On top of that, they're actually playing the Eagles on Monday Night Football before they play the Raiders, before they come to Allegiant Stadium. So they're going to be coming to this game off of a short week. I think this is one of those ones where like the schedule-making gods really shine down upon the Raiders. And uh, again, if Raider Nation went through this and noticed this, you've got to be sitting there singing hallelujah, <laughs> praises, all this different stuff. Because so many times we've seen in years past where it just always seems like Andy Reid and the Chiefs get that extra week to prepare for uh, the Raiders. And, and that's obviously not the case this time around. So got to love that. <clears throat> again, we, we all know, you know what the Chiefs bring to the table. We don't have to sit here at nauseum talk about what they do. Uh, no matter who they seem to cycle in on offense, that offense just keeps on humming. Obviously, Eric Bieniemy is no longer there, but we know, you know, Andy Reid, you know, is the guy calling a lot of shots. Uh, you know, diving deep into his bag, uh, you know, and, and just making things happen for the Chiefs. So again, big test kind of closes out this stretch of those couple games that I think will really define this season. And then again, another thing where the scheduling gods just worked out perfect for them because they go to the bye week right after that game against the Chiefs, where you've kind of gone through the ringer of playing at the Lions at home versus the Giants and Jets, going to the Dolphins and then coming back home to play the Chiefs, you get the bye week. To me, that's that's a perfect stretch. And it's also in week 13, late in the year. Only two other teams have later bye weeks than the Raiders. So again, the NFL, the scheduling gods, helping you guys out with this late bye week. And look, I mean, you, you go to the bye, and you come back, and you've got one, two, three, four, five games left to go in the regular season you got to like the way that that stacks up because we all know there's going to be injuries, uh, obviously hoping they're as minimal as possible, but you hit that bye week late in the year, rest up, and get ready for the stretch run. Who knows what this team looks like heading to that bye in week 13, but, man, this is your chance to kind of rest, recover, and then get right back to work, dive into it, try and close the season out strong, and see where things look in terms of trying to get, to, uh, trying to get back into the playoffs. And then you dive into things with a game against the Vikings. Now, this one, 
I think to me is the hardest game to read in terms of like what the heck is this team going to look like uh, you know when they do face the Vikings uh, you know this is one of those ones they played in a ton of close games and like I talk about this all the time any chance we talk about you know those close games whether you win or lose them it's really hard to kind of replicate you know the outcome of that obviously the Raiders were on the wrong side of a lot of those games last year well the Vikings just happened to be on the right side of a bunch of them they went 13 and 4 last season uh, and I believe played just as many one-score games as the Raiders did. So this is one of those things where uh, do the do the Vikings look like that 13 and four team uh, you know from last year under first year head coach Kevin O'Connell, or do they kind of take a step back? Do they flip the other way? But regardless of what you can say about this team and you know the wins and losses and kind of the coin flip that that's turned into, this is an offense that again has some dogs, man. Kurt uh, Kurt Cousins, you know, running things, but you got Justin Jefferson. They added Jordan Addison in the draft, the wide receiver out of UFC. They've got TJ Hawkinson. This is going to be his first full season with them. DJ Osborne, their third receiver, he's definitely no slouch. And then also there's that guy Dalvin Cook. So you could also make an argument that this is going to be the toughest test, you know, for the Raiders in terms of what they're going to have to face on defense and the offense. They're going to have to try and slow down because uh, we all know how hard, how high powered that offense is, and what they managed to do last year in leading this team to a 13 and four record. You know, again, as I go through all these, I think we all have a, a pretty decent idea of what most of these teams are going to look like. I think the Vikings are kind of that wild card of this could be a really tough matchup, or it could be one of those ones where you're like, hey, yeah, this is a middle of the road game here. Let, let's see what happens. You know, uh, as the Raiders get set for this one. But again, you have the bye week. You gotta love that. Give you a little extra time to get ready. You know, for this team for this offense. Then you move along to your second matchup with the Chargers on Thursday night football. A short week of prep after playing the Vikings. You only get four days to do so, but you got to love the fact that it's against a divisional opponent. You know, that makes it much easier. It's a team you're familiar with. It's not some team you're trying to learn everything brand new from scratch. Uh, Obviously, Brandon Staley has been there a couple years, so this team is established. You know what they're going to do. You come in. It's not completely foreign to you uh, figuring this out. And, you know, this is one, again, just could be an intriguing one depending on how both of these teams kind of look up to this point, where they fit into the playoff picture, the wild card spot. Are they battling for it? Are both of them, you know, riding high right now and, and just need to take care of business in the division. I think that's going to be another pivotal one uh, for them, just in terms of how the standings kind of match up. And then Christmas Day, uh, you know, Santa's going to be making a trip to KC to deliver all the presents to uh, Raider Nation and the fans out there. Obviously, everyone hoping that he delivers a win to them. But this is another one where the scheduling gods shine lovingly down upon the Raiders because they're coming into this one off of the Thursday night game, coming in off of that bye, thanks to the Thursday night game against the Chargers. So that has got to be a huge plus. Josh McDaniels and company get an extra time to prepare for the Chiefs, who they've already faced not too long ago. I I like the last couple of years we've seen the way the schedule's worked out for the Raiders. They play the Chiefs fairly close together, you know, in terms of the first and second matchup, more so than the other teams in the division. Uh, And obviously, look, the Chiefs are a tough team, so that can kind of be one of those deals that kind of puts you through the ringer, but it also gives you a better look at them. You just face them. They're not going to be too different. Again, we know the Chiefs do what they do, but it's not going to be like some wild thing where you're like, oh, we'll get to this in the end here, you know, in terms of the Broncos, where they're going to look like a totally different team possibly than you face in week one. So not going to be a lot of changes made on the Chiefs' side, so that'll be good. And as I noted, guys, not a ton of cold-weather games. Well, this is going to be the big one that gets tested. By this point, you know, we're at Christmas. Uh, the temp's in Vegas. I'm no weather guy, but probably not going to be too bad. Maybe not dipping below 40 very often out here uh, up to that point. So safe to say it's going to be much colder than 40 degrees in Kansas City on Christmas Day. So bundle up. Make sure you drink your hot cocoa. Kick 
kick it on the couch, watch the game. Obviously, we'll all be doing that. And uh, let's see how this team fares in the cold weather. Again, as I noted, Jimmy G, an East Coast guy, his blood's probably a little thicker than most. I think he'll be okay out there playing in the cold weather. Uh, and we all know what Josh Jacobs would do in the cold weather as well. This is a guy that eats anytime he hits the field, but also one of those like you know throwback football players that just loves those grinded out type of games. And then another really intriguing one, though, is we get to week 17. We're on the home stretch. Season's almost done here. You go to the Colts. Again, avoiding an outdoor cold weather game, guys. I know I keep going back to that, but man, it's nice. I played in those games before. When I was in college, I played actually in Montana in negative 17 degrees in the middle of a blizzard. The wind chill was insane. It's not fun. You don't want to play out in the elements in those things. I know these guys are pros and they've got all the tools available to them, but anytime you can avoid it, it's so nice, especially when you can sit there and it's like, what, a nice little 70 degrees inside uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Not too bad at all. But this Colts team, very, very intriguing. Obviously, again, we know what happened last year. That was the game, Jeff Saturday, his first game. Uh, you know, a tough one for the Raiders and, and kind of where the season kind of shifted a bit here. But as you look at it now this year, Shane Steichen comes over from the Eagles. That offense is going to be real interesting. Uh, you know, at this point, 17 weeks in, how much are they cooking? We obviously know they have Jonathan Taylor. They went and got their quarterback in Anthony Richardson, who to me is a bigger, faster I don't want to say stronger version of Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a power lifter. I don't know if you guys seen the videos. He's out there cleaning like a million pounds. Uh, that dude's a beast. I covered him in college. He, he's a huge human being. Uh, the strength is off the charts. But Anthony Richardson, again, you know, very similar height, weight, speed type of guy. And again, has that cannon for an arm. Uh, has he stepped in as the starter? I know he's a raw guy, has a lot to learn, uh, has to work on his mechanics and stuff like that. But, you know, when you take a guy at, what is it, number four overall, I believe that's what you're going to want to have that guy starting, you know, uh, especially that's that's the a guy like him <clears throat> who comes in raw. It, it's not those days in the NFL anymore where those quarterbacks sit, uh, you know, and, and if you're going to kind of build a winner around a quarterback, you have to get him in there on that rookie deal so you can surround him with a lot of talent. Obviously, this, this offense has that. Uh, they've got some big bodies at receiver. And then uh, you go and look at it, and too, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league. So, again, if, if Anthony, Anthony Richardson is off and running, and even if he's not, this is a game to keep an eye on just the rushing attack that they're going to bring to the table because what that guy does as a rusher, there's going to be plenty of plays designed specifically for him. And we saw the receivers, I mean, the rushing attack that the, uh, that the uh, Eagles had when Shane Steichen was there. Uh, going to be real intriguing to kind of see what that team looks like offensively. And again, another one of those things where you look at the quarterback position, some question marks against a team that the Raiders are facing. And then we close out the season, Week 18, against the Denver Broncos at home, yet again avoiding another cold-weather game as you close out the year. Uh, I used to live in Colorado. It's definitely cold that time of year. I don't want any part of going anything like that. So welcome them into Allegiant Stadium where it's going to be nice and beautiful, maybe even nice enough for us to open up those Lanai doors and look out on the strip. Who knows? Um, but so with that, guys, again, the Broncos, how different does this team look? You last saw them 17 weeks prior, week one, Sean Payton's first game on the sidelines since 2021. By this point, what is that team looking like? Are they fighting for a playoff spot? Are they sitting in the swell cellar dwellers? You know, has Sean Payton really kind of figured this out? They have their identity uh, together. And also, too, how much does this team, this game matter for both teams, uh, you know, for the Raiders? Obviously, Raider Nation hoping by this point they've got their playoff spot locked up. They're sitting pretty. Uh, you can go in there and welcome the Broncos in and try and end the season on a high note. But uh, a lot of question marks of what this one's going to look like. But I do love the way the NFL has shifted the last couple of years to throw in these uh, divisional games towards the end of the year, uh, you know, where all of them kind of count uh, and can really, uh, you know, <clears throat> change the fortunes of a season 
you know, for a team. So going to be really cool. Uh, I'm excited to see how the season works out for the Raiders. Like I said, wholesale. I think if you're a Raiders fan, like you got to look at the schedule. I think it's pretty nice. Uh, as I noted, lots of question marks for the quarterbacks that you're going to face. I mean, now as we go back and look through this whole thing, in terms of quarterback positions and quarterbacks that you're going to face that are, you know, those bona fide dogs, you got Josh Allen, you got Justin Herbert, obviously you got Pat Mahomes, you're going to take on, let's see, who else here, Aaron Rodgers. Tua, I think, is still kind of a question mark. Other than that, I mean, I don't want to throw any disrespect on Kirk Cousins. I know he's a guy that gets a lot of hate around the league, but, you know, he's produced and he's continued to do that. So let's just kind of include him into that grouping. So that's only a few quarterbacks here that you're really worried where you look at this and think, oh, no, like, what's wh- what are we going to do to kind of slow this guy down? Um, obviously, you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year, so that's never easy. But <clears throat> having said that, I think the way that things work out for the Raiders in terms of the quarterbacks that they're going to face, like that's the premier, you know, position – you got to like it, especially when you're still kind of retooling that defense. Uh, you know, not going to be one of those things where you, you just go through, like, the grinder of facing these, uh, you know, unbelievable elite of the elite quarterbacks, you know, going against. And again, like I said, guys, that stretch from weeks 8 to 12, I, I don't think there's a more critical time in the season for the Raiders that will define where they go. So that's the schedule. Uh, I, I love going through it week by week. I'm going to be real curious to see, you know, once the year's done, kind of as we look back on this and, and see, you know, how everything panned out for them. Like I said, I'm not a big on the win-loss, win-loss. This is going to be the Raiders' li- uh, record at the end of the year. We're not here to, to predict that. But uh, obviously excited to see it. And it's so nice. It is kind of like the gift, uh, you know, a little bit of what is it, Christmas in May. You know, the schedule comes out. You get to kind of see, especially for us on the media side, like what the heck our life's going to look like. You know, where we're going, where the Raiders are going to be playing, you know, what games to circle, all that stuff. And you can kind of plan it out. Obviously, for you guys, the fans, you can start to plan it all out. Obviously, there's a couple of games during the week. You know, maybe figure out which days you're going to call in hooky, save those sick days, uh, you know, and start booking the flights. Because, look, we all know Raider Nation travels very well. So there's a couple cool ones, actually. I didn't even think about it from that regard. Some cool ones for Raider Nation to go visit as I look through this one. I mean, look, you go to Buffalo. That's got to be a fun one. You know, that atmosphere on game day, that would be pretty sweet going out there. Um, you know, and going to Miami. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Miami week 11? Uh, I, I would love to go check that out. You know, uh, so overall, a couple cool places to go see, you know, cool cities to check out. You, you can't beat that. So with that, guys, again, like I said, that's the schedule. We'll see how things pan out from them moving forward. And uh, I think, let's see, today is May 12th. A couple days is uh, actually going to be Mother's Day. So we got to give a shout out to all the moms out there. We're cracking a cold one for them. Ray, if we can hit the little sounder in here at this point. Yeah, there we go. All right, we're ready to crack a cold one. This is one of my favorite parts of the segment of the show. Anytime I've hopped on with Eddie or anybody else here, you know, just just cool to give a little shout out to mom. You know, as as uh, you know, we always have heard every year at the draft. Don't forget to wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. Don't forget about them. Obviously, they do big things for all of us. So I want to give a shout out to my mom. Crack a cold one for her. You know, she's obviously done a couple things right. I think I turned out half okay. Um, you know, uh, so she she was great. You know, always working. Uh, you know, let me kind of fuel my passion for sports. And uh, you know, I, I grew up. She was really single mom. You know, uh, kind of carried the torch for me. You know, and and played that father role as well, uh, and just as big a fan of sports as I was. So kudos to her, uh, helping me kind of reach my dreams and do that. And also, too, I think we've got to give a shout out to Eddie's wife, the boss. 
Yeah, she had the baby. They got a beautiful baby boy, keeping them both awake a lot right now. So they're putting in that time, even though Eddie and the boss aren't working right now. They're definitely putting in those hours, you know, throughout the night. But shout out to her, to Kirsten there for for birthing a beautiful baby boy. Uh, so cool to see the Pascal family welcome a new member to their family, a new member to Raider Nation too, guys. You know, uh, so so that's really cool to see that. Um, with that, guys, you know, we've got more episodes coming up. I'll be filling in a couple times here and there. We'll see uh, some of the guests we can get for you. Hoping to get some cool people to hop on so you don't have to sit here and listen to me talk the whole time. <laughs> also, give me a bit of a break. But, man, this was fun. I love doing it. I love hearing from Raider Nation. Uh, reach out, guys. Tell me some things maybe you want to talk about on the pod in coming episodes. You know, that's always kind of fun hearing the pulse of the fan base and everything like that. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well on the schedule, how it works out, what games you're looking forward to. But, Again, guys, a lot of good times to be had here in the offseason as we continue to get ready for, you know, the next set of things that are coming up in terms of the Raiders hitting the field, getting ready for practice. Again, though, thank you for your time. We appreciate you, and we will catch you guys next time on the next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.